Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Moments Podcast. I am very excited to be bringing you part two of Moments with my therapist and things that she has taught me along this journey of life that I have always wanted to share with you, and what better way to do it than have her share the tips herself. Um, I hope you enjoy, and I'll talk to you next week. Good stuff. I love this stuff. Me I love too. this so it's much. Just, it's also so cool having... Because we've had so many of these conversations over so many different sessions mm-hmm. that they're all in one place. It's just, I know that I'm going to go back and listen to this one. Usually I won't just because I don't like to hear my own voice, but we've gone over so many of the, the key things that have helped me. So I hope you guys are enjoying this. We'll do a few more. We've somehow been going for an hour, which is crazy. Oh my gosh. It didn't feel that way at, at all. all. So we'll do a couple more though. Okay. We might as well just keep it going. Yeah. And then we'll definitely do this again soon. I really also, you guys know, I've said this a bunch of times in the past few, I want to do an episode on alcohol oh, and yes. just, so I kind of want to do it once I've experienced a few months of not drinking sure. just so I can, I don't know, have that Yeah, revelation of, of experience of what it's like having a complete clear mind mm-hmm. and a pause from something and what kind of meaning you're making of your life not having that in it. And then you clearly have plenty of times that it was in it already. Yeah, so and I have, have a lot of experience with that. Yeah. So in a couple, I'm still going to do one on just sharing all the things I've learned about it, but then it'll be cool to see the way it applied to my life. Anyways, we're not there yet. We'll, we'll save that for when we get there. Um, I like this one. Do you have any advice or any tips on how to move on from something when you haven't gotten closure and you're never going to mm. get the closure? Yeah, so... Um, just to let you know, when you were speaking of that, it made me think of the timeline sometimes would even help in this mm-hmm. regard too, because as we see that we may not always get the closure that we need. And I think just remembering some statements in life, like not everybody's going to be kind to us. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to give us the closure we may need. So to feel like we need, which we often think we need the closure in order for us to feel okay. Um, you're putting your the control in outcomes with somebody else. Mm, yes. Outcomes we have zero control, control over. over. Only your efforts. So if That's you, another one she told me in yeah. one of our first few sessions. It just sticks in my brain. It's like sucks because you want to. You want to have control yeah. of the outcomes. But the reality is, is that the sooner you digest that and you accept it, the easier it does make in circumstances like this. Mm-hmm. I think also having a mentality where things happen for us, not to us, means that we can make meaning of what was necessary Mm -hmm. for this and we're not going to know it all at once, but if we focus on how how we will now have gains now that this is not here or this person is no longer in our life, um, what we're learning more about ourselves, what we now are better off not having that, all of those pieces are what you have control over. Those are your efforts. You are giving yourself closure. So it's mm-hmm. focusing on you giving yourself the closure you need. We often think we need the words or to hear it from somebody Same else. Same way with, with the validation and everything. Yes, it's, it's like very similar. expect everything from others. You can kind of do it for yourself. It's a hard thing to do, especially in that sense, I, I can imagine. But... Yeah, there's, it's definitely like some of these things are a little easier than others. This is certainly one that is a process. Especially easier said than done too. Right. I think that when we're looking at um, how to handle something that doesn't have closure, to me what comes to mind is we must be dealing with loss, Mm -hmm. some sort of loss. And, (coughs) excuse me, it's important to remember that whenever we go through loss, whether it's somebody in our life, it doesn't have to mean death that's no longer there, a job or a something that no longer is existing. Even a friendship or relationship, whatever it is. That we will have grief. Mm -hmm. And grief is a very, very underestimated and real thing that has a variety of stages that we have to go through. So just because you go through a stage, for example, it's not not over and you can go right back to Mm -hmm. it. So I think informing ourselves even just of the grief stages so that we're like, oh, this is what I'm in right now. You know, again, trying to make some humor with it, but it, it will make, it's a little bit more science-based on needing to understand this process. Very helpful. And for me, especially when I have this, I mean, learning about my cycle, we, again, we just did a podcast on that and I was explaining the same thing. Like I have so much more, when I'm in that luteal phase now where everything feels like it's upside down, 
I just can make humor. I'm like, okay, I'm in that phase, you know, and it sucks really bad, but I can't do anything about it. It's going to happen. And I know it will end saying much bigger emotion or, or situation, but yes, it's the same idea. Essentially, I there's think. it's such a big thing that people that people in my field special there's specialties in that you mm-hmm. can have certifications and have so much more knowledge. There's college courses on grief because it really is something that's very involved with multiple emotions and stages. And so the only reason that I bring that up as to being such an important thing when you're not having closure is to recognize that some of those emotions you feel may be tricking you to feel mm-hmm. like you need closure. And it's not. Oh, it's just yeah. because you're really, you're going through grief and it's mm-hmm. just such a, like a crappy feeling. But um, what I said originally as we were going into this, focusing on the positives that are now happening for you or that can happen for you now. And how much you're going to gain from the situation. Yes. So some, you may start off with only one or two bullet points in that, mm-hmm. and that's fine, but this is an ongoing list. So each day, as your mind is going through healing, you will come up with even more. You may even need to, to seek out family or friends and mm-hmm. say, what do I not see that I'm better off now? Or what, why, like give me some reasons on things that you think I've grown from. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we may need to ask others for help because we may yeah. be so stuck. But it is so important to recognize that we are responsible actually for our own closure. Some people actually die and don't get to give you the closure. That's what that you the need first to. thing, I don't think like this was the, the, the situation that the question is coming from, but that's the first thing that went to my head and it really just kind of I haven't had to experience that. And thinking about having to is a, is a scary thought, but I would probably struggle a lot with the grief and the closure. But the thing is there's nothing, there's no way for that person to give me the closure yeah. and I have to create it. Yeah, I mean, without going too deep, I mean, just one of the most important people in my whole world was my grandmother. And I mean, I always said like, I don't even know how I'll go on with when my grandmother, but we know that grandmothers event, like they get, you yes. know, it was, it was gonna happen. I just never, I never ever knew what it was gonna like, that it, I imagine my life mm-hmm. living in my life without her. I mean, it's a very scary, consuming thought. I mean, I feel the same way with when I think about my parents or my grandparents too. I just, I've had to force myself to stop thinking about it because I will drive myself crazy. Yeah. But yeah, and so, you know, yeah, closure there, and, and because it happened during COVID, and because she was a, like, there's oh, so yes. many elements that were horrible that mm-hmm. I feel like she didn't even get proper closure, mm-hmm. and I didn't have closure. We never got to say goodbye really to her because of again COVID, and you weren't even allowed to call hospitals at that time. There was only mm-hmm. one nurse on the floor. But what I do for me to feel like, and I definitely still get very emotional about her, so it's not like it just goes away. But I can function. But I really I use like. How do I gain from that relationship? So mm-hmm. I know that she was she was a Holocaust survivor. So mm-hmm. I use how inspiring that she was able to get through things and even challenging things and things that aren't fair and you still can do them and um, doing things positively so that I would be able to tell her. And I do have a belief that even though you know she's not here, somehow, some way, she sees or, or I yes. have my own you know like dialogues. But I use the positive aspects of what I gain from her and what I do in this world for her. Like, mm-hmm. like I do it to honor her, of course, for myself, but yes. Um, so that is how there, there has to be, that's my closure mm-hmm. for that because there, there will never really be the way that I would have wanted it. Yeah. Like that's that perfectionistic. If I stay stuck in thinking it should look a certain way, then I'm just going to stay stuck. You're going to stay stuck. Because it's not, it's never going to happen. She's gone and outcomes are not in my control. And I think that was very similar to what my mom went through with my grandpa, because when he passed in 2021, it wasn't, it wasn't COVID time or anything, but he was just admitted to the hospital with a normal infection of some sort. And while he was in the hospital, his dementia just increased like crazy. And he ended up, um, he went from going to the hospital for a simple infection to being in hospice within a week. Mm. And during that time that he was in the hospital, he wasn't himself at all. He was angry. And I mean, when you have dementia, you, you aren't you. Right. And that's my mom's last time she got to spend with him. And she obviously wasn't expecting that. And she wasn't ready for that. And neither was my aunt or any of us for that matter. And that was the first time I've ever had to like lose someone who was a family member and go through that all. And I think it was harder for me because of how hard it was for her because 
she's my best friend and I don't like to see her hurting, but it was the same idea. Now she just, everything we do, we do for him. We're keeping his furniture. Right, and right, like that. that. Repaint, the furniture I've wanted her to throw away for so long because it's so heavy and it's not that nice. He built it and now I have this, this love for it and we're, we're repainting it and we're going to keep it in the family because it came from him and he used to love motorcycles and puzzles. So he's got all these built um, puzzles of motorcycles and of Harley Davidson was his favorite. We're going to have a whole section of his love and passion in the new house and it's, it's for him. And he always shows up in some form to give my mom That's and so I cool. some sign that he's there. And I think that even when it comes to not so serious things like losing someone mm -hmm. and getting closure, I think that you can still do that. Like people are still going to be in, in your life, but differently than they were in the past, which is a cool thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly a topic where there's all different circumstances that could lead somebody mm -hmm. to feel like they didn't get the closure they needed. It can be something as simple as, well, I don't have an example, but it can be something very simple. <laughs> yes. I tried to think of one real quick. And but it could be, off. listen, a, jo a job, a job that you loved and that, and eventually they wound up having to lay you off and mm -hmm. you thought you were going to be there forever or you yeah. thought you were going to get more out of that. So, but what hopefully what everyone is, is gaining from this is hearing that first of all, it's not impossible. It definitely is possible, but it's a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to focus like almost like on upcycling, upcycling or recycling the person's, um, or, or that, that experience and how it can help you moving forward. So mm -hmm. now that you got all that from that, how will this help you moving forward? What did you learn about you or about this person? So it's kind of focusing on that and letting go of outcomes. I'm just giving it time. I really am a huge believer that time just does heal everything and I don't know I'm sure time agree uh, yeah okay so I do have a little stipulation discussed this before yes. and I know that like there's a piece yes. to it so time is essential for sure it means that we can't expect for things to happen right away however it's what we do in that time if you stayed in your bed for a month straight and you did nothing but think of the, the worst things and think about horrible things, you're not, time is not going to help you in that at all. Mm -hmm. So I do say that time is essential, but what if you do putting, in that time. Putting the work in or yes, I like to say water in your own grass. Yes. Cause I, I mean, my, my thing is the grass does get greener if you're watering it. Right. If you're not watering it, it's, of course it's not going to come back to life unless right. there's like a really big storm but <laughs> right and do we really likely, want to wait for that no because then there's don't. other sacrifices just even if you just water a little bit at a time you're still watering it add some fertilizer little steps. I don't know. it just it all it all helps it's the baby steps and yes in everything and so that just goes to speak that when we are constantly looking at doing things in baby steps when something tragic and really hard comes about I believe because as I said, like this was, I mean, I, I talked to her multiple times a day. I would see her at least twice a week. I mean, we were very, very close from since I was born. Mm -hmm. So what it meant was that it, it didn't affect my ability to come back to work after, you know, grieving a little bit mm -hmm. and it didn't affect my ability to, to function and to eat and to sleep. I mean, I certainly wasn't doing it the best, but it's the resiliency that we have is based on us doing little steps in our life to be able to handle the big deals of mm -hmm. things. So that's why it's so important to learn the practice of doing little steps and little things, not just for task, excuse me, for task mm -hmm. completion, but also for, for our healing. That's yeah. what that looks like. This is why it should be a life course in school. A whole year of school should be all of this, but yes, I mean, if you're listening to this, then we're all, we're all getting all the lessons that we never got in school. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Um, okay, I think let's do one more. Okay. And then we'll do this again because I don't think I've ever had an episode this long. This is impressive. This an is hour cool. and 15 minutes. And it's, it's pretty cool. It is cool because, I mean, we literally could just keep going on All and day on long. from topic to topic. I mean, especially considering we're on the second question and we've <laughs> been an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's very cool to know there's always more things to talk about and learn. Um, but I want to try to find a good one that we haven't talked about too much. So... Dun, 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 dun. Let's see what we got here. There's one that stood out to me only because oh, yeah. you may have talked about it before, but I've never, I mean, well, I didn't in any of the other ones. It said something about mistakes, like how to get through mistakes. Oh, yes. I, I, you know I liked that one a lot. Yes. And I, I think I've, I've touched on this with them before, but not in the way that you can explain it. So how do I accept my own mistakes? And I think that it was a longer segment. I wrote that down, but it, it was more, she was saying like, I, I don't even... 
not punish myself, but I'm not knowing how to move on from my state, my mistakes and learn from them or like, yeah, I keep making them because I'm not learning from them kind of thing. It's such an important topic for me and you may be my resource that I use, <laughs> but I've been begging for this word to be made into a real word. Someone um, put this in the dictionary. It's a good one. Yeah. Or like if one day I have merch or someone has <laughs> merch, put it on there. It's good to say that. So the word that I'm referring to is a word that at first it seems like it's really bad. It seems like there's going to be a fail. It seems like you know, you, you're, you're experiencing the worst of the worst. But really what happens from this is that we become more, we, we get stronger, we become more wise, we become more enlightened, um, we make improvements. And so this word is, for any of you that haven't heard it, it's mistaki. And it's spelled M-I-S-T-A-K with an I with a little like accent to it. I love it so much. And for any of you <laughs> that are visualizing it, it literally is like a, a, a some sort of subcategory of the word mistake. Because I do believe there are two different kinds of mistakes that we can make in this world. And unfortunately, there's only one one word that attributes mm -hmm. to this. And I think that most people try to avoid this in life and that they've associated that when this happens, that we kind of take it on in our personality like it's part of it's, us and there's something yeah. wrong. And something's bad. So mistaki really is a mistake that you've made, that you've gained some knowledge or learning or now you know how to do it differently. And we do have, we do know, we've learned from, from research that we do learn the most when things don't go right, when we have made mistakes. People just I mean, don't it's typically the same way say, they say when you're a little kid, you don't know not to touch the hot stove until you touch the hot stove, right. and then you'll never do it again. Right, and that would be a mistake. Mm -hmm. Unless you hit the stove, you touch the stove again, now it is a mistake. Yes. So doing the same thing over and over and not learning, that's a mistake. Doing something, taking information from it, and having that information now look differently at the next attempt that you're going to do, that is the biggest gain in life. And if we look mm -hmm. at a lot of these successful people in life, entrepreneurs, anyone who mentally um, calls themselves, you know, like happy and successful, they will have tons and tons and tons of mistakes that really are what I would call misakis that they've made because we don't, unfortunately, we don't grow and we don't learn from our happy moments. We can embrace them and we can marinate on them and they're there for us to be able to give us hope and to help us identify what brings us joy. I don't think they evolve us. They don't, unfortunately. So, and, and because of that research that shows that we do need to make more mistakes, people though unfortunately are so scared and you don't go out there and say like, hey, I'm gonna go out and make a bunch of mistakes today. Mm -hmm. But if you said, I'm gonna go out and make a bunch of mistakes, it sounds, then it it sounds feels fun, better. it feels yeah. better. And well, plus when you're in it, so this is what happens. So now, now that you do know that there really are two different kinds, when you're in it, use that word neuro-linguistically as like, oh, no, this is a mistake. I'm or I'm gonna turn this into a mistake. A lot of people find also that word. I think help you evaluate if it's a mistake. It just kind of makes you think before you do certain things. And yeah. you know, wait, last time I learned this, let's not repeat that and do it again. And I remember the first time we talked, well, I think you had told me about the word the first time I really felt it applied, and this is, it was one of the times I came and I was super emotional, and it was when everything happened with the van. Very long story short, I spent almost all of my savings on a van that broke down three hours after we got it, couldn't get my money back, my parents had told me in the first place, maybe this isn't a good idea, and I was just like this emotional wreck, but at the same time I was trying to figure out like how to feel about it, and you explained him stocky to me, and how now I've learned my lesson in the sense that maybe next time I will evaluate things a little bit more before I spend that much money on something, which I have now done a year, too late, two years later, and I just, ever since you told it to me in that setting, I remember it so much more vividly because... I was like, yeah, that was definitely a mistake. Yeah, I mean, smaller things too. It's, and that's just it though, is that there should not really be a situation that when a mistake is made, that you're not searching for the mistake. Mm -hmm. There have, like that, that actual skill itself 
is like a life skill that we need to give us like to, to level up to, yeah. to get us to our that's when someone says how do I move on mm -hmm. that is how you move on you move on because you have to find meaning in how you now if you ever had to do that again what kind of things would you would do different mm -hmm. if it's making a mistake by sharing something with somebody you learn that lesson yeah Note to self you know gotta learn about someone first before I share something like mm -hmm. this or this is not the type of person that I would want to go to this type of event with. So if you start looking at it in two ways as opposed to just that way, um, then you can remove the, the, the need or feeling to have it be something so daunting and so mm -hmm. bad. Um, I would say it would be bad if you did have a mistake and you did, you did nothing about it. And you, you just you kept, making, nothing just kept doing it again. Over and over, which I think there's like a joke. They say that that's just called insanity. Yeah, I like that. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> which good. Which it, I would say now even more so that if somebody, once you hear that, does do something over and over, it is insane because now you know yeah. that you can totally come out of that with mm -hmm. so much more wealth of knowledge. And so... Even when there is, um, like I said, the smallest little thing, go into it and be like, oh, well, let me stop and pause. Like, there has to be a mistake in this, or I'm mm -hmm. going to make a mistake out of this. Yeah. And I think that that also kind of relates to the same way to reach a point of success, you have to fail. Like, you have to yeah. do things and you yeah. have to try them and you have to fail to eventually get to the point of success. I mean, in whatever it looks like for you. It right. All, they all kind of align. And, and you know, fail, there should probably be another word for that too. Yeah. Because I, my definition of fail is just when you stop trying. Like period. That's, oh, yes. that's what a real fail is. We talked about that one time and I really, really liked that. <laughs> I don't know if it was recording or if it was just a <laughs> session, but I did really like that because yeah, I don't think you fail. I think that every time I've quote unquote failed, it has actually excelled me into a different passion project or down a different path that has led me to where I am right now. And all of it is exactly where I feel I'm supposed to be because yeah. I've... I've come to terms with that and I'm at peace with that and I love right where I am, but I wouldn't be here had I not quote unquote failed. Yeah. I think of a new word for that one too. You, yeah, that we, that someone hopefully can come up with something creative. DM us the word that you <laughs> or, or add to, you know, what we that would be cool. Um, but I think something also that might be helpful on a deeper level is that when you are in a space that you're really growing, you need to be aware that you're going to have more fails and mistakes, really. Mm -hmm. That they're, they're going to exist and because we're growing. Especially well. going into this phase of my life or this chapter, I think anyone who's going from the ages of like 18 to 25, give or take a few either way, is a very, I don't know, an important time in our lives where I'm shifting into adulthood and everything mm -hmm. weighs on me a little bit more because... I view every decision I make as the rest of my life, which I know I don't really need to do. It's kind of the all or nothing thing, but. Well, I would tell you also why you really, really, really should not do that. It's just because your brain's not even fully developed. Like, of course, people who are older, they shouldn't do that either. Yeah. But for you, it, it's, it makes zero sense. That part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex, that's not fully developed, mm -hmm. doesn't have the ability to really make sense and logic of your future. Yeah, and I think a lot of us just put that pressure on ourselves at this age, yeah. and it's a very common thing. So I guess shifting really quickly... Last thing I think I want to ask, because I know that I feel this heavily and everyone I talk to my age feels this heavily too, is what are some tips to not apply so much pressure to ourselves at this point in our lives? I'm talking fresh out of college or even going to college, moving into adulthood, moving out of your parents' home, starting a job. How do we make those things feel a little bit lighter? You know, it's a little bit of a tricky thing because it's going to sound so funny when I say it's the opposite of a timeline. Okay. <laughs> it's removing a timeline as if you have to be doing things in a particular mm -hmm. time and in a particular, in, in, in time. It's just made. that societal pressure that has always That's exactly, been. It's the noise. It's, and America and capitalism and all these things, but. It's removing that. It's saying like, you know, if I removed the noise, if I removed other people's opinions, would it really matter to me if I did this in one, in, in, in three more months from now? Um, if I did, if I didn't do this, what really is the reason? Or if I did do this, what really mm -hmm. is the reason? It's it's being mindful to to really tap into the root. What is it that's making you feel so pressured? And what we will see is it's either in our own head, it is a societal pressure, 
Or sometimes I will say people do have parents that just get caught up in that timeline as well. Definitely. And when we break it down and we're like, okay, I understand that, but but why? So what does it mean if you mm-hmm. if you did that a year later? Like what would that really mean? And maybe it's because then the parents when they're sharing about their children and they're speaking to some of their friends and they're now having to feel like, Well, I can't say this and then about they my feel child. That societal and, pressure because right. other parents. So it's just it's a just, generational yeah. bad pattern. But I think that also being um, informed, like who you follow, like mm-hmm. social media is a thing. So who you follow, if you're following people that may just appear like there's all this, you know, like they have this wonderful life and things are so great Which and they're not most, sharing transparency. Most people do. It's a, it's a highlight yeah. reel. And I think now it's starting to get a little bit more open. But for the most part, people are posting the highlights of their life. Graduated college, started this job met this new friend I have a boyfriend right. on this vacation that's so be careful of social media like I'm mm-hmm. not someone of, you'll hear me say be gray don't just completely eliminate it but be careful how you use it and what make you're sure you're not taking your expectations based on what you're seeing everybody mm-hmm. else do and try to follow yeah people that are more transparent people that are telling you that there are definitely stuck times that there were struggles that mm-hmm. not everything in their life was just so achievable um, sometimes I'll have people say to me, but like, I want to do what you're doing. Like, I want to, how do you do it? And they're young and I, I'm 47 and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I had four jobs at one time. I was working insane hours. I had times where I even had to ask for help, like from the government. I mean, there were, it, it was not just a straight line of, you know, going to school and then mm-hmm. boom, all of a sudden having success. It was a, a whole entire like whirlwind of different it's experiences. Never, it's never linear. So you need to see people, though, Mm -hmm. that are sharing that and talking about it as opposed to just talking about all of the things that are so great. So it's being really careful of Mm -hmm. where this noise is coming from that's making you feel that kind of pressure. And I often catch myself, and I've gotten really good at turning off the social media when it's getting in my head, even just looking at other people in my field doing things very similar to me. If I'm scrolling for too long on Instagram, I'm seeing all their posts of, you know, the premieres that they're at or the different events or trips that they've been invited on. And like, at first, my, my first reaction is, why am I not doing that? Like, why am I not there? Or why didn't I get invited or this and that? And then I really have to, one, turn it off, stop looking at it, two, evaluate, is that really where I want to be? Because no, it's, it's, I want to be there because other people are there. And I just need to, and same thing goes with my friends who graduated college and are now they have their degree and they have their job and I'm like, oh my gosh, I never did that. Like, are my parents going to be proud of me? Am I doing enough? Whatever it is. I, again, turn off the social media and ask myself, is that where I want to be? And the answer is not usually yes. Right. Because I, I come to appreciation of exactly where I am, what I'm doing. It always comes back to that. Just like, I don't know, being happy with where I'm at and realizing I don't want those things for the right reasons. I am intrigued by them. For the wrong reasons. And even maybe, like right now, may, maybe later on and maybe in a few years from now, you may. But mm-hmm. right now, you don't. So it's a funny little saying, but it's really working on reducing FOMO, the fear of missing out, yes. and trying to incorporate JOMO, the joy right. of missing out. Oh, yeah. yes. We've talked so, about I, I know. I was going to say, it, I mean, maybe even I've been in a podcast. And, I, and I really like it because... I honestly, I was good with FOMO for a while, but again, it's like a cycle. Sometimes yeah. we come back to the same things that we used to struggle with. You may just want to put like on a mirror somewhere, Jomo, and yeah. just like little tiny, you know, messages for yourself that are just little small symbols or little acronyms of things yeah. to just always remind yourself that exists. I honestly really do want to update because I was, I was good at doing that for a while and I would change them out because eventually, you know, you see the same thing so many times, it stops resonating. Right, it's like a post You stop noticing it. Like that's how all the post-its on my fridge are and on my wall, like I've seen them all for probably six, seven months now. Oh, well, you should them rotate anymore. them, you should keep them, but rotate them into yeah. different places in your I house. I think that that's what I wanna do and just add a few more. And yeah. I, I got this huge cork board in my room and I love to just put little things like that on there. So I'm definitely gonna do that one. Cool. Because phone was a big one, I think, for a lot of people my age, it's just totally everyone. Agreed. It's the, it's and the social media made it worse. Yeah, where everyone goes their different ways, and a lot of those friendships stay or, or they drift. But either way, you're, you're usually still following these people's lives, which we wouldn't be doing had it not been for social media. Right. And yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes seeing certain people do things that I maybe think I want to do, and 
I don't know. I just don't. There's and it, uh, personally, I mean, there's someone on 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 TikTok that I she's in our our field my field. Um, she's a little younger than me, so I'm like, God, and she has so much success, mm-hmm. and she has you know all of these things going on, and and I I say like, oh God, I would like love that, but would I? Because then. If I did do that and everything she's doing, I know it would pull from my family. I love the time mm-hmm. that I have with my family. I absolutely love my one, like my face-to-face sessions. All of my clinical work is really what even brings me joy. Like I feel like I'm that is in my ashes. purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So when I look at that, I just get caught up in like, oh, it's probably like more of like God only knows how much money she's making or what kind of opportunities she has. But when I look at like. I love my life. It kind of I do that, that the four pronged pros and cons thing. Yes, yes. And so if I were to do that, I would absolutely see so much of the things in your life. Yeah, I'm not willing to give up and compromise yeah. some of the things that I have though, just to have that. And that's a really cool way to think about it because I do the same exact thing with people in my field. I, I see the people traveling to do all these things, and one, I know what an overload of traveling does to me. I know what an overload of social settings do to me. And like, yeah, the idea of it sounds great. Okay, meet all these people, do all these things get all these brand deals, whatever it is, like all that surface level stuff. But the deep core things that I love is what I would be giving up to be that person and do those things. Absolutely. And I mean, I've done it. I've gone to some of these things and I've been able to go on all these trips and like they're beautiful, great experiences and I'm so grateful for. But what I love the most is home, my best friend, my dog, my family, my parents. And I don't want to give that up same way you wouldn't want to give that up either. And it's just shifting my mindset to think about that instead of like oh my gosh but this person's doing this and I wonder what they're gonna do next and keeping up with that so much and chasing that so much is silly because in reality if I had that I'd probably be craving this right and I'm sure that the person who has the perfect life and does all the things that I still something that's coming at a cost they would probably look at me and be like wow she gets to hang out with her dog and cuddle with her dog at night I don't know something like that absolutely Absolutely. So I think that that just really reinforces it doesn't matter who you are Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter where you're at. We all still have to make sure that we kind of shut the noise off Mm -hmm. and how you shut that noise off is you just kind of really go deeper into self-love, self-care and self-growth, which I call the word spirituality. You just, Mm -hmm. you've got to be a little bit more spiritual and do things that really feed your soul. And it does get tough because social media, I, one one last question, and then I, I promise <laughs> I'm going to stop. But when it comes to social media, it's very addicting. Mm-hmm. What would you suggest for someone to slowly become less addicted to social media? Not in the sense of like, okay, just turn it off because when you're addicted to something, you can't just turn it off. Actually, this really, I mean, I'll, I'm going to answer you, but I think this really would be its own podcast because I just did a presentation oh my for a behavioral health conference on social media and our youth. And really, it was it's full of a variety of different tips mm-hmm. on how... I would love to do an episode on this as well. Because... Yeah, because there's so many, there's really so many things. But I mean, I guess the, the most simplistic ones that I would really try to say right now is there really should be purposefulness, like not mm-hmm. just random scrolling. That will, that's basically just feeding your dopamine and you're just really, you know, it, it's uncontrolled and undisciplined. Mm-hmm. So it's creating a discipline. So who you're following and what you're using your social media for. So be so mindful. I always tell people, try to really use it as a search engine, you yeah. know, and looking at, but some, for something helpful. Um, I think that who, we follow that that will always be something what and who we follow because that will also be is what dependent in your in your for you page yeah maybe some mistake the, the people that we follow in the videos that we watch we don't realize that they're impacting who we're becoming yes until we've watched them so much we, we pick up on traits from other people mm-hmm. we pick up on Mirror things neurons. that people say and we will we'll do things that the people that we follow do and I have so many times had to come in and check myself like I'll follow people and I'll love to watch their videos and yes, they might make me laugh and be entertaining, but then I really sit back and evaluate, what is this person adding to my life? Are they giving me anything that is making me love myself more, feel more inspired, be more creative, or are they taking all of that away and like, I don't know, 
taking away my individuality in some sense. We have mirror neurons. That means that we're more likely and prone to sometimes whether it could be certain facial responses that we mm -hmm. do that are mimicked. I know that there's certain hand movements that I do that I never did before until social media, I and I, I don't mean to. It's just to people's habits. Yes, it's, exactly. It's like okay, and then I, I really sit with that. I'm like, do I want to be doing that? Like, it's not in the sense. Oh, I love this person's necklace. I'm gonna get the same one. It's like, oh, my mindset is is now kind of turning into this person's mindset. Not that there's anything wrong with that person's mindset, but you get me. It's like yeah. taking away mm -hmm. everything oh, I've kind of worked for right. to create in my brain. Yeah. So you know that um, that I, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is it's it, you you do you start taking on a mentality of what it is that you're watching a lot of the time. But I think the other piece too is just. It's really having set times. Don't ever use your social media randomly. Like, oh, I have nothing to do. Like, I'm just going to randomly go on. You should have set times. And those set times, you want it to be very, very purposeful. Time. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I think phone time is valuable. Like, we need to be able to do mindless things where our brains are Absolutely. Of if you relaxed. have a purpose of being mindless, then you go for it. Yeah. You still should have a timer. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a time frame of, of a certain gets, amount of time. It gets difficult because oh, you get yeah. sucked in for so long. And I think my biggest tip that I have now realized the impact it makes on my life is not scrolling on my phone in the morning versus scrolling on my phone in the morning. I, when I wake up and go to the sunrise, I'm on my phone because I'm, I'm like vlogging. I'm yeah. filming the whole thing. It's for but I am not scrolling. I'm not looking what anyone else is doing. It's, I'm so used to videoing everything I do now that I don't even recognize I'm on my phone. But I'm not catching up with what other people did last night. I'm not watching people's Snapchat or YouTube or Instagram yeah. or TikTok. I'm not doing any of that. And my day just starts off with me. Like it's, it's my brain. It's this. chemical. It's chemical. You, okay. So first of all, first thing in the morning and last at night, hor most horrible times because to do that because of our brain waves. You have your alpha, yes, beta, yes. delta, gamma waves. So I learned that in a TikTok app. <laughs> it's crazy how that works, but it right, so, me But that's that. why, yeah. So it could be used in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are, yeah, particular times you definitely don't want to. And chemically, so we, these devices in general, let alone social media, is meant to be addictive. Mm -hmm. It is all purposeful and planned. It's being done in short increments, which is for our brain to not be bored, so we're constantly stimulated. I mean, I just think of the social dilemma. Every, like, oh, I watched yeah. that, and if you guys haven't watched that, this is your homework, you have to watch it, because it's, it just really opened my eyes to a lot. Um, but yeah, yes. and so, so what we have to understand is that you are flooding your brain with the chemical that is responsible for addictions, dopamine, dopamine gets skewed when it's not being dosed properly. And mm -hmm. so what we want to do, the only way that I can tell people on how not to do something is you replace it. So you're replacing mm -hmm. that scrolling time with going to a sunrise or vlogging. Yes. I was telling you that I have like that um, headway app that you can like read books within like 10, 15 minutes to mm -hmm. get just the main points instead of having to read the whole book. So in the mornings I will be doing that as, as part of my thing. I do my affirmations and I have like a whole routine that I do for myself, mm -hmm. but I've now incorporated that just to like give my brain waves the extra yeah. little boost. I like that the it idea needs. of instead, like you can't get rid of something without right. replacing, replacing it. Yeah, you know, they, I think the Jay Shetty and Tom Holland podcast they, they talked about that for a little while because they were talking about alcohol and how now they have mocktails, whatever it was. Yeah. But it's just it's, it's cool to hear it again because it's very well. It's real. it's important that it's it's almost in anything. Our mm -hmm. brain doesn't stop. It, you'll hear many other people that give you the example. If I say, don't think of the color purple, all your brain is going to do is think of purple. Yes. But if you think of red, blue, orange, yellow, green, black, white, silver, it, it, it won't think of purple. So what mm -hmm. that is, is the, the art of replacement. So as long as you have replacement strategies. Now I'm thinking of the color purple. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about it for a while. <laughs> I should have said pink. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, basically... It's, it's really putting a lot of thought and effort into the things that we do desire mm -hmm. and that we want because those don't just come easy. Just, things that are long-lasting takes, takes work. time and work. Yes. But it's, it's fun. It's like a, you get to challenge yourself and a it's, little bit. It's, at the end of the day, it's worth, even if it wasn't fun, it's worth it. Yeah. So absolutely. putting more time in now gives mm -hmm. you long-term benefit. Most people make decisions just for the here and now, like a short-term short fixation or, or right. short-term... I don't know the word I'm looking for. I'm so bad at gratification. Yes, yes, that's the one. <laughs> but 
I, I realized I had a little eye-opening moment the other day why I'm so passionate about talking about all of this and, and sharing these lessons that I'm learning and, and just mental health in general is because like naturally my brain I don't know that it's just it's like constantly happy like I have to really put in the work no, right well no brain is to do to feel this good and and it's just it's so important to share because I think I've just learned it, it it's not easy and it's never really gonna be easy, but it can be enjoyable if you make it that way and you look at the the wins. It's a it's a mindset. That's mm -hmm. I think out of everything we ever talk about, our mindset is the biggest key. Mm -hmm. Everything we're doing and talking about is how we're creating a more positive and healthy mindset. So there are strategies and tools and and things to eliminate and things to do, but at the end of the day, your goal is to build a mindset. That is so powerful because like right now, I mean, you're in it, but life is a little easier in, as you're young. Like as we get older, mm -hmm. we really have to use these strategies and tools. 100%. So building like what you're doing is you're giving yourself such wonderful building blocks. Mm -hmm. And although you can't see it, you have to trust and have faith that all of this is going to be so beneficial mm -hmm. and helpful as you continue your process and journey. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so cool to talk about it with like such a, a younger audience and just... That's now my favorite thing is just really working with and, you know young people. And that's why, I mean, when I became a yoga teacher, it was... I didn't know at 13, I didn't know crap about crap until I found yoga. Changed everything in my brain. I learned the first time that you can change your mindset and I learned what it was like to be mindful and everything went from being right on the surface and everything got so much deeper in such a beautiful way that made me just appreciate life differently. And when you learn that at 13, it really just, I think it set, I don't wanna say it set me up for success because I still have so many different hardships that I go through mentally, but had I not learned all those things and found all those strategies and practices when I did, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I'd be in such a... I agree with you because it is a very, very important ingredient. Mm -hmm. and we all have those ingredients at different times in our life. Some people have it right when they're born and they don't have parents and their, and their life starts off very mm -hmm. challenging with adversity. But our situation is not determining our destination. It's that journey. I like that. I like that. So, There yeah. really is no destination. You mm -hmm. really think about it. You could be 80. You're and again, you can't, and you can't always plan on what your destination is because again, that's outcome. Yes. All you have is your effort. So you just stay true that's and focus on your such a hard pill to swallow. It is. So often I think like, okay, once I do this, I'll be here. I can't, I can't bank on that. I can't know for sure that that's what's going to happen. And it just is what it is, you know? Yeah. Wow. It's, and learning to accept it is mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. Acceptance. Wow. I think that that was, I think we covered I like that. so many cool things. Yeah. Cause I think even if you didn't ask all the questions, I don't remember what all the questions were, but I feel like, again, some of these answers are also very relevant mm -hmm. and can parlay into what some of these other so questions are because situations. it's so helpful with yeah. this mindset and understanding the stockies mm -hmm. and, and things with guilt and things with people pleasing and all of that. And I think a lot of the strategies just work in a lot of different situations. And that's why, again, yes. I always say they all come together somehow and it's all just a big old learning lesson. Yeah. But it's a okay. big old mistake. Yes, it's a big old mistake. <laughs> I want to ask you. One thing, and you can't think about it for long, you just have to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. What's the best advice you've ever received? Whoa, um, okay. I guess, oof, that was, <laughs> that is a, a very big question. It's a, it's a layered question too, especially doing what you do. I'm sure there's so many valuable things. That, that that's the thing is, right, how do I identify which is, when we say mm -hmm. like the most valuable or the best? Here's how I'm going to answer Or at that. this point in your life, what is the most? Okay. I'm going to go with something that, you know, what always blows my mind is when I get to hear something that I haven't heard because I, I, I just expose myself so much to mm -hmm. all of this growth and learning yeah. that when I hear something, I'm like, oh, I heard that or, oh, I've gotten that. So what I'll say is this. It was one of those kind of uh, narratives that you read when someone is asked, like, I don't want to say that they were on their deathbed, but they were certainly in their like late 80s, 90s, and they had advice. What advice would you give people with where you are today being at this age? And this 
because of someone who struggles with anxiety, or I shouldn't say struggles, struggled, mm -hmm. but can experience anxiety, it was that we have so many more crises that we go through that never happened. And what that means is it's in your head that you make Whoa. life. Yeah, look, I, oh, got I just response. got, yeah. That, because he said he had more crises than he ever actually had. And it's when we get stuck in our head. About like worst anything, case scenario. Worst case scenario, what if, or, or this is what's gonna happen, or I'm not gonna do this because of that. And they, that's they so never true. happen, so. That's so true, I mean, even just looking at where we're at, the amount of things I've put in my head that I thought were gonna happen, like yeah. that were negative, that just didn't happen. Yeah. And I spent so much time thinking about. I like that. Yeah, so wow. that was the most recent thing mm -hmm. that I, I like read about about a month or so ago and it stuck with me because yeah. it's just, I love the way that it was explained. We talk mm -hmm. all the time, don't stay in your head and you know, being in your head But it's hearing always different true, things. But it's hearing the same things in different ways and, and one of them will stick and that, I mean my, I think my best advice I've ever received or just thing that I apply the most to my life is that I'm always going to be learning and or no, it's not necessarily that, it's like learn from everyone. Even people that have hurt me, like learn from oh, that. Oh yeah, that was especially. Don't want to treat people, or how I don't want to yeah. feel treated again. Like we can just learn something from everyone, even someone you have completely opposite morals, values, beliefs of. Mm -hmm. There's something to learn, and it just makes me appreciate people differently and just, not personalize things either. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next one is worst advice you've ever heard. Um, that oh, there's a lot of those too. <laughs> Um, you know, it's interesting. I think, I think it goes to a, a question you actually asked that where some people say like, it, it's, you know, don't talk about your feeling. Don't like just, just, it, you know, it is what it is and, and yeah. just exist where we do have to accept things and things are sometimes unchangeable, but we, if we ever just mute Mm -hmm. our emotions and not ever become aware of them and how to work through them. I think that is one of the biggest detriments because that's that's where you see people like suppressing things. That's mm -hmm. where you can see people have resentments mm -hmm. and anger. Um and it's just it's so poison. Yeah. So I mean it's like putting half an avocado in the fridge and leaving <laughs> it there for it's months. Term, yeah. It's gonna get moldy. And I don't know. I just I like to think of things like that sometimes because mm -hmm. it makes it oh yeah, it would get moldy if I left it in the fridge for that long. So I don't like not to attended leave, to. Yeah. yeah, I don't like to leave emotions in me for that long unattended. Yeah, so I think that um, that would probably have to be just one of the worst pieces of advice. Is just you know stuff it down. Don't don't talk about it. You'll get through it. Um, okay, good luck with that. Like you'll probably yeah. call me in like a year or two or so, but <laughs> it will bleed out when you yeah. least expect it. So I mean, eventually it builds up. There's only so much you can hold inside of you. Yeah. And then, and again, we, what we do see is that again, in our body, people experience all different kinds of inflammations and pains that have no known cause. Yeah. That's from stored emotion. That's, that's why you got to do your hip openers. Do yes, that hip like, yes. Oh gosh. So painful, but so amazing oh, afterwards. Yeah. Whenever we go, whenever I first started doing yoga, we would hold that pose for 10 breaths. And that's a long time in, in yoga for me. And just in general, it's a long time. I would be like, get me out of this, get me out of this. And then I'd get out of it and be like, oh, I feel lighter. Everything well, that's also feels... a lot of people will cry. A lot of people mm -hmm. have emotional releases. I only experienced that physically one time. We were in, I was supposed to be teaching the second half of the class. So I was going to take over after we did pigeon. And the other girl I was teaching with, she looks at me while we're in pigeon. And I'm just, there's tears coming out of me. And I'm not really a crier. I am more now. But at this time, years ago, I was not at all. And she's like, what? I'm like, just keep going. <laughs> and I was like, what just happened? And I realized I must have been holding on to a lot of different things. And if you told me that people do that, like I would say like I'm a little bit of a skeptic of things that if I've never experienced it, like it's hard to like believe. Which a lot of us are. And I will tell you, I've had my own few experiences in yoga itself where I would just cry for no reason. I'm like, I don't even understand what's happening to me right now. And a lot of times you don't. Right. Or... Um, I actually did, I went to on a retreat. It was like a healing retreat. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did this separate, uh, thing where they do like a lot of almost like Reiki work and energy work. Oh. And all of a sudden, like oh. my body just started shaking and I'm like, okay, something's wrong. I'm like shaking. They're like, no, that's, there, that's, that's releasing. Good. I'm like, wait, what? Like what it was so about? confusing and weird and uncomfortable, but 
So now I can say like, yeah, it does happen. Yeah. It's definitely. And it, it's not going to happen every time. Too. No, like a lot of people not just expect, because I've voiced so much how yoga has changed my life. Also, yoga has kind of shifted. It used to be a lot more mindful, and now it's a lot more of a physical thing. I don't really know why. It lost a lot of its spark, unless you're going to somewhere real. But, they're like, I went to yoga, I didn't feel anything different. I'm like, well, one, you got to go in with the right mindset. you got to be open-minded to feeling things yeah. and, and shifting things in your mind and in your body. That's the first step. And the second step is, it might not happen the first time. I have the first few classes I went to, they were great, but they didn't change my life. It was really the more I practiced right. it. And I think that just don't knock anything until you try it. Yeah. And at least twice. Like I'm the same way with food now. My best friend's uncle says, but you haven't tried it in five years. you got to try it again. Your taste buds might have changed. And at first I was like, ew, no, I'm not eating a pickle ever again. And now if it's been a while, I, I try it again. And it's my rule for life. Yeah, well, because we are constantly evolving. We yeah. are changing. And, yep, even our taste buds. Even mm -hmm. things that, you know, certain styles we thought we wouldn't want to, you know, go into. And we're like, oh, actually, I like that. I'm interested yeah. in that now. I've gone through a crisis lately where I'm like, all of a sudden, I want to take all my bracelets off. <laughs> don't know if I'll actually do it. But it's just the same idea. We're always, always yeah. evolving, shifting, changing, all the things. But, yeah. Okay. All I right. Think that that was a pretty solid almost two hours wow. of wow. whatever it is we talked about. I'm curious to listen and know because I couldn't tell you where we started or what we started with. Well, when I actually, so I like listened to the other two that I did and I have to say it's the funniest thing. When I'm listening, I'm like, oh my God, I said that. I, that's a great answer. I didn't even know I said, I don't even remember. Like, so sometimes just like, I guess. Well, before it was a lot more nervous. I'm not mm -hmm. as nervous, but I still get a little bit nervous yeah. if I'm, you know, I don't want to jumble my words. But um, I don't even, like, this whole process, it's just, it's almost like a blip. Like, I don't, I did not, it did not feel like two hours. It no, felt like 20 to 30 minutes. This one especially did not feel as long as it was. I don't know, like, what time is it? Oh my gosh. 2.45. Wow. Oh okay. Oh my gosh. I got to text my people. We're supposed to go to a concert tonight. Um, <laughs> so we will do this again and it will probably end up being just as long, but thank you guys for tuning in and you can look in the description if you want to find out more about Dr. Leon and everything mm -hmm. that we've done and everything that she does. You can just check there and then I'm sure she'll be tagged in my Instagram stories soon too when I post this, but yeah, we love you guys. Any, any last words? <laughs> um, just... Thank you for listening. I love this opportunity to try to help as many people as I can. And thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. You're always welcome. Literally anytime you want. Everyone loves having you. And I love having you. And I appreciate you more than you know. And yeah, I love you guys. I'll talk to you next Monday. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.